Alright, well hello other internet, and welcome to episode 22, wait. Oh, we're starting? Alright. <laughs> we're, we're, it's the 20th. This is the actual 20th. I think so, yeah. The 20th, 20th, 20th podcast, and we're actually together this time, yeah, yeah. Um, and not separated by <clears throat> two or three thousand miles. And today we're talking about um, Hollow Point. Randomly. Randomly. Random, random movie we picked out, because we didn't plan we did, ahead. Yeah, we didn't do any homework, so we decided we would go with Hollow Point, which... I like. I honestly thought it was a pretty good movie, despite itself. Like, mm. I, I liked. I, like I said, I will, it's the, easily my favorite John Leguizamo <laughs> movie ever because it only has like four lines in the whole thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it was. It's a good. It's, it's a good little movie. Like something I've never heard of. I mean, it's one of those movies that pops up on Netflix, and you're like, "What? What the fuck is this?" And half the time you don't watch it because there's a bunch of because like random more people. More than half the time they suck. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um. And what's the guy's name? Ian McShane. I thought Ian McShane was awesome in it. I thought he was like quite the badass. Ian McShane was good. I think Patrick Wilson was good. He plays an asshole. Yeah, like, like he normally does. Right. I guess. And, and there was actually a run, <laughs> like a running gag in the movie where uh, as soon as as soon as Patrick Wilson leaves one of the other characters, they call him an asshole like every single time throughout the entire movie. Yeah, I guess I guess we could do a, a small synopsis. Right. Was it, was it he comes back to his hometown? Yes. To be like take over the sh- to be sheriff, I think. Right. Well, he gets or, he gets called in to replace Ian McShane's Ian McShane. character because Ian McShane's character shoots that guy in the head in the very beginning because he's running they're running gun they're b- bullets 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 across the border because they're in Arizona. Yeah. And um yeah and the cartels the cartel which is an actual thing where hmm. the cartels in the early 2000s invested really heavy in having people ship weapons over but they never actually had people ship uh, any ammunition over so now they're actually a big shortage of ammunition because they've used it all um so you know these two basically like Arizona rednecks get caught up in the in the cartel's net by smuggling bullets down to Mexico and uh, what, uh then uh his ex-wife is there? I think it's his ex-wife, yes. right? It's his ex-wife, who's now in love with the, um... One, one, of, the one, redneck, of, the one of the redneck drug runners, which was... That was one of the parts I was like, I don't know if I believe... Right. Like, I'm gonna that. go from this guy who's ultra-sheriff <laughs> to, you know... And, I mean, and he was pretty much a skis bucket, freaking white trash, messed out, yeah. typical drug-running kind of skis bag, you know? He wasn't anything special that you could see. Yeah, but she was very concerned about him... His, his well-being, which turns out he was, was he blown up with a Molotov cocktail? Because they poured acid on him. Poured acid. They poured. On him. They, ah, they, they, right. threw, they threw the Molotov cocktail into his car and then poured acid on him. So then he <laughs> okay. went and got in the bathtub when that where they found him. He was all fucked up. Because the bathtub helps everything. Yeah, definitely. Taking a bath will help you a little bit at least. Or maybe it was the Molotov cocktail actually. I thought he was burned. Yeah, because the, the the truck was all burned out yeah. and. He, he went to the hospital and said, is there anybody in here that looks like they've been hit by a Molotov cocktail? And she said, no, somebody dropped an air conditioner on themselves. Or <laughs> Once, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I think there was like a bottle next to the, the truck or something, and that was the, the, right. the key. Um, but I really like how fast, I like when movies kind of start out super fast-paced like that. Like, you know, the movie completely just basically, within the first five minutes, the sheriff has like shot this guy in the head, and... And, you know, like, it just kicks off from there, and then you think, wow, and you're going to get a breather. But then as soon as that happens, it cuts to the other drug dealer talking to the cartel. 
Uh, and he's kind of like, well, if your friend doesn't show up here, you're going to be a dead man. And he said, well, if I'm dead anyway, he just fucking stabs the guy to death. Uh, and that was the guy, right? That was her man, right? Yes. That's the, the point I was like, kind of confused. Yes. Her like, man, her boyfriend was the guy who who had the cool belt buckle. He had a kick-ass belt buckle, which had a knife hidden in it. Yeah, yeah, which I was... I was Gonna look up after I saw the movie and see if I could find one. Myself. Yeah, we're definitely gonna have to get on the internet and see if we can find the belt buckle with the knife in with it. The knife in it. That's pretty awesome. I'm not sure why he took it out of the belt buckle because it was hidden. And they took it out and put it in his pocket though. Well, because he, he had to open it. It was actually a fold. Oh, it was actually right. a folding knife. And so, like, whenever he said, "You're not going anywhere," he said, that's "Oh man, I, I think I might be in trouble. I better get this knife out." That's right. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good little movie. Uh, a little like uh, like desert noir type of yeah hell or high water type of right and we movie. were we were actually talking about how it seemed very very similar to hell or high water now I, I I said I didn't think it was quite as good of a movie as hell or high water because I just I feel like hell or high water really hit all those notes where this one hit a lot of notes but like not it kind of failed in a couple places mm-hmm. um, although where it really succeeds is there's a scene where Patrick Wilson goes to fight like the big killer. And the killer cuts his hand off. Now, most guys... And this is like 20 minutes into the movie. Yeah, like 20 minutes into the movie. This isn't even the climax (laughs) in the movie. But, you know, like most guys get their hand cut off. They would freak out. But not Patrick Wilson. He gives the dude a stump to the face. He just hits him right in the face with his stump. And I, I thought that was pretty good cinema. I'd never seen that no, before. Never seen that before. You know, and the way it was John Leguizamo too. It's like, of course, he needs a stump to the face. Yeah, a bloody stump to the face for sure. That's what he deserves. <laughs> Not that we're that hard on John Leguizamo. It's, yeah, he's okay. So. He's okay. He was better in this movie because he did get shot in the face. Yeah, but he was like playing some like badass, like like hitman type of. Yeah, like a Sicario kind of cartel killer that was supposed to be the. Bo- I mean, they even referred to him as the Boogeyman more than one time. Yeah, and it didn't quite. That didn't quite work. Work. It, it, it didn't. It was. It was a really good try. Like I, I really feel like the director did good in saying, "Look, don't talk." Just walk around, and we we won't get close up on you, you know. Like if you notice that, like it was always real quick, quick shots of him, you know, where they were like, we won't we won't dwell on the fact that the killer is John Leguizamo, and we'll give you a sweet sweet back tattoo, like most people like that. Yeah, you just like walk around looking like you know, looking cool, right? Um, but I, I really liked it because I thought Ian McShane's character in it was awesome. You know, like he knew there was he was way past redemption. And what's that guy's name again? What was his character's name? Oh, Killbot, Sheriff Killbot. <laughs> Sheriff Killbot. He was freaking Sheriff Killbot, like he's a goddamn Terminator or something. And within the first two minutes, he kills somebody. I'm like, well, of course he did. He's yeah, he's fucking he's Killbot. Sheriff Killbot. Yeah. Um, and I, I just it was I like seeing a, a hero like that. Where I mean, he knew that. That he was, he, there was no way he was surviving any of this, so he might as well take as many people with him as possible. Yeah, it was really cool because that, like, his character kind of coming back was nice because I didn't think he would. I thought he would just be at the beginning of the movie, right? Maybe being like the, the, the alcoholic <laughs> guy, and maybe come back at the like at some point, being like the head of the entire, like behind right. all of this shit. Right? Yeah, he was the, ultimately the bad guy, but in this one, he was the good guy. Yeah, he came back and had like a nice redemption and uh-huh. like, a redemption story and like. You know, he gets basically the last... He gets the last scene with uh, Jim Belushi. Yep. At the end, and the, wherever he, they were. Right. And where, then, he, where he basically shoots him, which is 
which ends the movie, which is which is great. Yeah, it's a good thing to get seeing Jim. I liked Jim Belushi in this because he was a weaselly little sweaty, disgusting fat guy in it, and that, I thought that was perfectly. He was perfectly cast for that because they they call him what like a thumb. He said, like he said you've got a, he said yeah he's like you're a used car salesman but you've got a face like a thumb and <laughs> <laughs> somebody else called him like a fathead or something mm-hmm. yeah yeah the his the, the girl in it says you know one day, one of these days somebody's gonna shoot you in your big fat head <laughs> um, and that yeah that was pretty good I and like I I kind of like this new genre of like you said like the desert noir where it's this gritty kind of desperate landscape where it, Everybody ends up going insane and killing themselves. <laughs> I don't know if it does that, but okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe not quite. That's that. not quite apocalypse now, but <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was a cool little movie, and like it's it's better than most movies that you'll find on Netflix because I don't know. It's the director seemed to know what he wanted and how to do it, and just kind of like had some intention behind a lot of stuff that he did, which. Yeah, I hate to bring it back to instant death again, but like that's a lot of that stuff was just kind of like it just looked like it was just shot. Just to, get it, just to get it in the can. And, and absolutely in hollow point, there was a couple points where you would go, wow, that was a really good shot. Like yeah. the one where he was driving next to uh, Lily and, you know, the camera actually follows her while it's following him at the same time was really good. And like you said, the, the director definitely was good at putting a lot more behind it. Um, now, I felt like sometimes he got a little preachy and there was a couple points where he got a little bit preachy. Mm, where, yeah. Like where he was telling his girlfriend, you know, the only person who can save you is you. And I'm like, oh, gee, <laughs> yeah. she's a fucking save it, buddy. You know, like... Yeah, I mean, it, was, it might have been like a little overwritten the times, but... Yeah, but some of it was spot on. You know, some of it, like, I thought the line where he says to her, he was like, you always could tell what I was thinking. And she goes, not voluntarily. <laughs> like, that's, like, that's a pretty good line right there. <laughs> and when he first picks up the bullets, he's like, these bullets are cop killers. And the one guy's like, why do they call them that? And he's like, well, because they kill cops. <laughs> yeah, on account of them killing cops. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty fantastic, too. So, yeah, it was, it was uh, I mean, you could see, for me, I could see, like, the influences throughout. Like, every, every like the ending is straight up fucking seven yeah with like don't kill him right kids. right where you don't have to go down this road that's a, that's straight basically if you put the, the ending of seven up against that how it's shot it's like practically the same fucking scene yeah well and you know the, the problem which is fine I mean, right and the kind of the problem that i had with that too was at that point you know like in seven you really got like the morality play where yeah, yeah. brad pitt's character could go either way but in this one by the time he got to the point where he was going to shoot John Leguizamo, he was, like, way past the point of redemption. You know, like, there was no question that he yeah. was going to kill him, like... Um, and John Leguizamo was a fucking hitman. Yeah. <laughs> like, how would you not, like, justify Right, this a thing? cartel hitman coming for your woman. Yeah. And, and, like, and he even says to John Leguizamo at one point, you know, he says, uh... He says, like, if you know that she doesn't have anything to do with this, why not let her go? And he was like, that's not how this works. They told me to kill her. I don't care, you know? Yeah, so it's like, I don't know why like, all of a sudden there's the morality play about, yeah, don't kill this guy. Right, and, you know, and but because even if he didn't kill him, it's not like the, the fuck cartels weren't going to come after him anyway. You know, there was really no way around it. Um, but, yeah, I, I felt, I thought that was kind of cheesy, that he was kind of, whoever wrote it was kind of struggling for an ending and thought, well... I'll put that in there, you know. Um, I was happy that they got away. I thought, I didn't think, the whole time I was watching, I didn't think any of them were going to get away. I thought they were all dead, you know. Yeah, that was a nice change of pace. <laughs> that, like, like, a couple of guys, I got, 
the couple got like Patrick Wilson and his girl got back together basically and took off with the money basically. Yeah. They took off with the money, which is cool. Um, so they went so clean and then, like at the very end, Ian McShane catches up with Jim Belushi, who is the sleazy car dealer who is kind of behind it, kind of. Yeah, and it's and it hints around that it was it was he was the one that set off the whole chain of events because yeah. he was faking the hollow points. Yeah, yeah you know he right. was he was saying telling the cartels that he was selling them these legit hollow points, but they weren't real. They weren't they didn't actually pierce uh, body armor. Yeah, which isn't. There's another nice touch of the movie. Like everybody kind of gets their their own scenes. Like these types of movies, it's always nice to all of the supporting characters kind of get their own. Like yeah, they all get fleshed out as characters. Yeah, it's like it's nice. Yeah, know? it's like they all get their moments. To, you know, and, yeah, like even even Lily, who was the supporting waitress, actually gets herself established as a character. You know, you find out she's a religious nut and she's actually in it with John Leguizamo. And, yeah. You know, you don't even really see that coming at all because she does not like such a small part of the cast, but they actually work it in where she gets fleshed out some, which is nice. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if she quite worked for me. Like, the, the, the character kind of didn't quite pull it off. Like that whole religious zealot, like, oh, I'm gonna save him. It was kind of. It was a little too little, too late type of thing. Yeah, but yeah. But it was still cool that they tried to right. do something and like they kind of like committed to this person being very religious, and then same with John Leguizamo being very like like in love with her apparently. Yeah. And then like Ian McShane with his his arc, and then like Patrick Wilson kind of right. They all kind of got like the moments, which is nice in this type of movie. Cause... Yeah, and in these type of movies, you do rarely see that. Usually, it's the hero and the villain, and everybody else is just fodder. You know, the girl's there for somebody, so the hero has somebody to save or avenge. Um, and they all did kind of have their own motivations. Even, even a lot of them had motivations, like you said, like the freaking girl in it. Mm. Her motivations were weird because it it was weird that she was you know into the freaking scumbag drug dealer while simultaneously being into the sheriff you know and she was very like and this might not be her fault this is obviously not her fault but she's she was very clean looking too yeah she was very kind of like just like she didn't look like she would be with a scumbag like but i mean that happens but yeah she wasn't even like close to a hint of like like there's no meth in her at all i don't even think there was any like any sort of like like southern twang to her even that was kind of like everybody else had like a twang <laughs> And yeah. she was just this, like this random, and I'm not sure. I don't think they ever explained mm -mm. if she like they seem to be all from that town. Yeah, yeah. Well, they yeah. definitely were because like he even says that she had been looking at it after his mother's house, and you know and that he was just back. <laughs> I like that part too, where he was like, "I know why you're here," and he's like, "Yeah, I'm here to replace you because you fucked up." And he goes, "Nah, you're here because they want to punish you." <laughs> <laughs> Which is good because you like it gives you like a backstory like why is this guy coming here? Yeah, it makes you want it makes you question it like why is he just randomly showing back up in town? Like he yeah like did he fuck up and that's why he's coming back for real and you know it just happened to fall in the same time as this guy. Right, uh, but I feel like this one actually kind of adheres with what you've said before where. You know, even though they were making this kind of a movie that was supposed to be sort of this sort of B action thriller that we've seen forever, mm. you know, at least yeah. the guy said, "Well, I'm gonna if that's what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna really do the best I possibly can with it." You know, that's what it seemed like too. Like some of the stuff was, it would go into those territories where he's like, "Oh, I see somebody got a little," and it's like cut happy with yeah. certain sequences, which didn't need it, which would kind of take me out of it. Right. The first like half hour is pretty solid. Mm -hmm. 
I think up until he gets his hand cut off, even that, like, that's good. Yeah. But after that, it kind of, like, gets a little more, like, standard mm-hmm. of a movie. Because up until that point, it's more of, like, a detective. Yeah. Detective yeah. movie, which was, like, I was really into yeah, it. Was like, like, the oh, gum man. shoe, private eye kind of thing, yeah. Which is cool, because you don't see that in that t- these types of movies either. It's more just, like... Like, very straightforward. Yeah, it's, like, the good guy versus bad guy. I, I really, you know who everybody I, is. Yeah, I really like the scene where he threw him in the hole, and he was just throwing the cement bags <laughs> yeah, on him. Yes. I, like, there was something just sort of sinister about that, you know? Like, he just just going to bury him in the cement. I feel, that feel, felt like a very, like... Like film noir type of yeah. thing too, like bearing him with cement, cement, but just the bags of cement. Because mm-hmm. was that in the house? It yeah. was like a like a uh, kind of pre-built house, like a like in the middle of being built house, and he like falls in like a hole, right? There's right. a hole that he's like shoved into by John Leguizamo, and then John Leguizamo starts throwing like bags of cement on top of him. Right, which are not like no joke. I mean, one of them hitting you would hurt really bad. They're generally fifty-pound bags, so. But it's kind of like a cool image too, because it's not even like pouring anything onto him; it's just like stacking. Yeah, just stacking cement onto him. And basically burying him, which is which was kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, what else? I think I took a. Did you take some more notes? I, I took like four notes. Nice. Uh. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah, there was well, there's one. When when Ian McShane, what's his Killbot, finds. Patrick Wilson, it's kind of a cool moment too, and this is like kind of goes back to the right. the director, like the like the filmmaking, is like he's in his kitchen making a drink, and he sees Breakfast. a yeah, and he sees a fly come yeah. in, and he's like, oh wait, and he kind of like follows the fly basically right to over to the window, which has like bloody fingerprints. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's how he discovers Patrick Wilson outside with his bloody stuff. Right, like, and that was that was pretty cool. That's too. kind of like a cool like. Well, and I liked how it was even a little more piece of, of of Ian McShane's character. It shows how far he is as an alcoholic. Is it goes through the motions of him making like this scrambled egg breakfast, and he goes to eat it, and he can't eat it, and instead he grabs the whiskey and starts <laughs> yeah. drinking the whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I love that part too. Was when he finally finds Patrick Wilson, who at this point is almost bled to death, like he's all pale and fucked up. And he immediately grabs the whiskey and starts pouring it down his throat. He's like, you're going to be okay. And starts dumping whiskey down his goblet. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, was, yeah, I mean, I could, some of the, the influences I saw were, I don't know if you've ever seen Rolling Thunder. Have you seen that movie? I don't think so. It's not really like revenge movie. And it's about like William Devane who like at some point gets his, his hand cut off. In right. A, in a garbage disposal. Right. And it kind of reminded me of that because he has like a well, he has a hook uh-huh. he has a hook for the rest of the movie but I, th- I feel like that was like kind of taken from it behind See, the Patrick only thing Wilson's I, the only ever time I ever thought of it was in Evil Dead Evil Dead because <laughs> he had the shotgun too yeah he had the shotgun I was like oh he needs to get a chainsaw man <laughs> which would have been awesome yeah that would have been, that been pretty pretty sweet um, but although this one this one and this one definitely had a lot of humor in it like the whole running joke with them calling him an asshole was really funny and I mean like Ian McShane had some really funny lines whenever uh, there's this one scene where uh, James Jim Belushi's character is handcuffed to the hotel or the hospital bed and he knows that if he stays there they're going to kill him so he starts bargaining with um, Sheriff Kilby and he's like you know I'll give you all this money and I'll save your life he's like all you got to do is give me that handcuff key and so he takes the handcuff key and like dangles it in front of his face and then walks over drops it in the toilet flushes it down the toilet he's like yeah I'll mull that off or over <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Hinch Sheriff Killbot. Yeah. It just sounds hilarious. It does It does sound pretty hilarious. And it seems like they were all kind of, all of the character names were intentionally written sort of ironically. Like, the, the, the freaking scumbag drug dealer boyfriend, his name was Ken Mercy, you know. <laughs> That's right. And, um, and then, then the used car guy was Shepard Diaz. Yeah, Shep Diaz. And, <laughs> Shep Diaz. <laughs> yeah. He didn't look close to Hispanic. Not at all. I think it was Jim Belushi. I yeah. Mean, come on. Yeah, he's about as not Hispanic as they call him. Jim Belushi. But, uh... Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I had a lot of fun with this. Well, I guess 20 minutes sounds about good. <laughs> <laughs> about 20 minute movie, I think. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's a good movie to seek out. And it's always good to kind of... I mean, it's hard anymore. Like, as I was watching, it was kind of I think we go back to it every time it's like it reminds me of older movies right that you can't like quite find anymore and you have to like really hunt for anymore sure but you could probably like this type of movie 20 years ago would have been like yeah probably would have been nice fair yeah it would have been a nice indie movie that people Definitely. would have talked about or, right or I would have talked about to you or you would have talked about to me, me right you, actually you know what it kind of reminds me of and now that you say that is you remember the old movie that we watched way back was called Clean Shaven and it was about the dude with paranoid oh, schizophrenia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I kind of got a feel out of that, too. Because remember, he was sort of just wandering around the desert all crazy. <laughs> um, that guy's one of my favorite filmmakers still. Like, he's... He does um, the girlfriend experience on whatever station it is. Really? He, he directs a lot of it, and I think he, I think he helped create it as well. Huh, I might have to watch that. Steven, so I haven't watched any of it, but, like, his movies... He's only done, like, four or five movies. They're all, like... Stellar. Just like so far out there and like mind blowing. Like, I, yeah, Clean Shaven was like one of those really amazing movies that you know. I mean, I, I would think that if it came out now, that might actually do really well because of the internet and everything. Mm. That it would get more distributed to people who were into that. Whereas, you know, back then it, you you had to know that the movie existed and then you had to hunt the movie down to see it. You know. Yeah, and the movie that they were advertising was something completely different. Like yeah. they, they made it sound like it was like some like weird thriller type of movie. Right. I mean, you saw it, you're like, this, that's not what this is no, at all. This is, this is some dude <laughs> trying to deal with the fact that he's batshit fucking insane. Yeah, and like and that everybody thinks he's like fucking kidnapped a kid, which he hasn't actually done. Yeah, that's right. And he even gets killed Gets killed over it, doesn't he? Yeah, because the, 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 the cop who's following him, who's the weakest part of that movie right is like obsessed with catching him and thinks it's this guy right and, and then finally he, shoots him at the end and realizes the thing in the back of the him. truck was just like like his stuff or yeah. something yeah it was like a, a radio or something I think so. yeah. <clears throat> um, but yeah it just kind of reminded me of that but you're right 20 years ago this would have been a very popular movie amongst like you know kind of like Love in a 45 or yeah yeah definitely like Killing Zoe kind of thing like a it's like Red Rock Rest was another one that kind of came to mind. Yeah, which is another like kind of like old horror noir. Yeah, and it's cool that, that that you're seeing that genre come back a little bit. I mean, not in a major way. You're not seeing it in, in theaters any or anything, but at least on Netflix and in this type of you know sort of made for made for internet movies, you're seeing that kind of come back. I guess it's funny because I want to also say it's like kind of like Sicario as well. Yeah. But like Sicario and Hell in the High Water were written by the same guy. Oh, were they? <laughs> so, it's, so it's basically like somebody's like, went, Taylor Sheridan, mm-hmm. you're pretty good. Let me just rip you off. Yeah. But in like a good way. Like it's not. Right. Like all of his, the influences I saw was like done 
they're fine. Like, yeah, I thought Sicario was a pretty good movie. Sicario's pretty great, yeah. Well, I kind of like the whole, you know, like the whole freaking South American Mexican drug lord thing. They're such good villains because in real life they're such terrible, fucking awful people that do disgusting, you know, like bad entire towns and they do all this crazy evil yeah. stuff. So it's easy to make a movie that's compelling with them. Because, you know, we already know that they're like real-life boogeymen, you know? Did you ever see Cartel? I think it's called Cartel Land. Yes. The doc. Mm-hmm. Man, that's fucking intense. Yeah, it is really intense. That's, like, basically, like, on the front lines of that shit. It's yep. just, like, fucking insane. Yeah. Um, and actually, there's a real good movie, or a good series on Netflix about El Chapo that's pretty good. I think it's actually just called El Chapo. And is it Narcos? Is Narcos kind of like this? Narcos is, but Narcos is actually about Escobar in the uh, 80s. Um, and, like, El Chapo is actually, like, a dramatization of the rise of El Chapo to become the big drug lord that he was. And, um, yeah, he's it's another one where he's fucking ruthless and awful, and he's just a terrible person through and through, and yet you still find yourself kind of rooting for him, you know? <laughs> <clears throat> I don't know if I was rooting for John Leguizamo. No, uh, definitely not. He was, he was. He was. Definitely not. I was rooting for Ian McShane through that whole movie. Yeah, yeah. I don't know who the director is. I, I, I didn't look him up because I didn't have any internet. And we just watched. We just watched the movie basically. Like, right, like two minutes ago. Yeah. Or, well, twenty-five minutes ago. Yeah, exact. But yeah, I mean, we had to get pizza. <clears throat> yeah. From Walmart, and then. Right, we because we we're out in the sticks where the, you can't get pizza delivered past ten p.m. <laughs> but so I didn't have time to look up the director or anything. But like, I don't know, it was, it was pretty good. And I, I I will look him up to see like if he's done anything else or if he's going to do anything else. Right, I thought it was pretty solid like effort for sure. Yeah. So definitely. Um, I'm trying to think. There's it's not very diehard like, unfortunately. There <laughs> no, we've got. We've, there wasn't a whole lot. Of, we've kind of gotten away from the comparing to the things to diehard because there's so many movies out there that we just want to see. And um, we were gonna do uh, a Tony Jaw movie, but we kind of figured we'd already done it, uh, like martial arts, last week. So we'll probably end up coming back to it because it can never really go wrong with Tony Jaw. And, and to be honest, this movie was shorter than. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Tony Jaw. Yeah, and to be fair, this was this was 25 minutes shorter than the Tony Jaw movie. So yeah, so that kind of won out too. Yeah, honestly, we were gonna do Killzone Two. It's two hours and one minute. Right. Which is fantastic, but. An hour and 37 wins out. Yeah. On that one every time. Even yeah. if it's Tony Jaw, it's like still... Mm-hmm. We'd still be watching the movie. Right. <laughs> and we watch... know, like, I mean, it's weird that you're seeing, you're seeing two-hour movies come make kind of a comeback lately. Like, it used to be that was the hard and fast rule was 90 minutes. Like, maybe 92. Um, but you are seeing more and more often. I think, I think actually Quentin Tarantino had a big um, influence on that of saying, like, no, the movie's going to be as long as the movie is. Um... You know, and so it's become a little bit more acceptable to have two-hour movies. Oh yeah, I mean every every movie comes out anymore is over two hours. Yeah, and I think the only ones I can really stand are like Tarantino films, right? <laughs> or like specific like like Scorsese films, which like the last one was like I don't know, like five hours of like priests yeah. contemplating Catholicism, and I was like, yes, yeah, it's it's okay. <laughs> but he's it's like but the, Scorsese. There's only few people can do it, and like. The Marvel movies are a little long, I think, and then yeah, the Pirates movies are fucking crazy long. They are. Just everything is like so long. Well, and, and, and if a movie, if you, if you actually are watching a movie and you think, wow, this is really long, then something's not working. <laughs> no. You know, like that's part of the thing is it's supposed to make you forget about like time and all that. 
So that's why I like. I mean, Killzone Two is a two hours and one minute of pure craziness. Right. I'm gonna end up watching it okay. for sure. I'm definitely gonna end up watching it. We may have to do that for next week. We'll put that on like the. We'll, we'll watch something that's more diehard like. Right. But we'll watch Killzone Two as well. Just so, yeah. So we can talk about because. Well, and you know, you had a good idea too. Is that you know it's the Fourth of July right now, and we were gonna do Die Hard with a Vengeance, but we couldn't find it because it actually happens on the Fourth of July. Live wouldn't free or die hard. Live free or die hard. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Die Hard with a Vengeance is a different Die Hard. Um, and way better. Yeah. From what I remember. Yeah. <laughs> Live Free or Die Hard, I remember it very well. But. Right. And I remember, I think Die Hard with a Vengeance, isn't that the one with Samuel Jackson? Maybe? Yeah, that's a yeah, good one. And that's a pretty decent one. Yeah, John McTiernan directed that one, which is, he did the first one too. So right. It's like, that's pretty, pretty, pretty good films. So yeah, maybe we'll actually have to do a Die Hard movie and see how it stands up against the original maybe, <laughs> or... Or just because it's a die-hard movie, we could do it, you know? Maybe on the, the 50th. Episode. Yeah, the 50th episode. <laughs> we'll we'll do the original die-hard. We'll do one. We'll come back. Yeah, that's I not think, a bad idea. I think, honestly, the first die-hard was actually released on around this time, too. So, yeah. technically. Yeah, no, could be doing, I think, I think all the die-hards, I think, heard. It definitely was, because it was one of the big summer blockbusters that it used to have. So, so I, thought, I thought I saw today that was like it's one. Like, it was released around this time. Yeah. Whenever that was. Right. So, all right. Well, I guess thanks for listening. Um, and we will be back next week. Unfortunately, we'll be back on separate coasts next week. But what are you going to do? So we won't sound as fucking sweet. I know. We won't sound nearly as sweet. <laughs> so, all right. Thanks. And um, leave us a like and some comments and all that good stuff you, below. Nobody is, but yeah, please do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>